Welcome to Tim Tom Bomb and Friends on Sirius XM. All right, welcome to the show. We are back. This is Tim. I'm here with Matt Lars and Brandon Rancid in the house. What's up, guys? Hey. Hello. To celebrate the 20-year anniversary of Outcome the Wolves, Rance is going to be playing Outcome the Wolves from beginning to end. And when I say beginning to end, I mean from Maxwell Murder all the way to the way I feel. And I got Rancid here in the studio to talk about it, what these songs meant to them, how did it happen, who was there, more importantly, who was not there. I was there. I was there. I was there, too. I was in the pit. <laughs> Brandon was in seventh grade. <laughs> We're going to open a set as we opened up the album, as we did in 1995, 20 years later, 999, Maxwell Murder. Tim Armstrong from Operation Ivy, Rancid, and the Transplants. And this is my show, Tim Timebomb and Friends, exclusively on Faction. Okay, we're back with Rancid. 20 years ago, Out Come the Wolves. It's funny to think about it that we're still all here. How'd that happen? Friendship. Friendship. Good drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Prescribed by doctors. No, um, I mean, like, honestly, like, this is like, you know, everything. When I, when I listen to this record these days, and it's hard not to like think back when you, even when you're playing these songs, to like the or the origins. And Maxwell Murder, I mean, I remember we were. It was like a conscious thing. It was like you know, we just kind of banged it out, and it's like this is the first song we knew. Like this is the first fucking song on the record. You know what I mean? I don't think there was really any debating that. And then, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of mid tempo songs we were writing, and some ska ones were happening, but we thought we'd open up with a fast, tough one. I don't think the bass solo came until we actually started recording it, correct? Yeah. No, that was yeah, that that came later and that was you know, we recorded that bass and drum for a while, you guys doing scratch tracks and stuff, and then Tim had an idea of doing the bass solo, but we didn't get to it for a couple of weeks. And I remember because after that we'd been doing you guys been doing guitars for a while, so he came in one morning when you could still like smoke in studios. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember like smoking and drinking a cup of coffee and then ran the track and I did it and then I did it one more time and the there, you guys were like, okay, you're done. That was it. That was pretty cool. Was it kind of was it something you wrote beforehand, or were you kind of no, ad living on that? I, I didn't really know what I was gonna do. Really? Yeah, it was just like, here, do the bass hello here, and I just sort of let yeah. it fly in the right key. Yeah, I mean, you kind of can do that kind of stuff all day. Thank you, jerk. 
<laughs> no, it's true. <laughs> it's, he's always, I mean, you know, since we were kids, you've always been that good. As we're moving down the album, we open up a Maxwell Murder, and then we bring it down to a slower tempo. If I was guessing, it would be 11th hour at a tempo of about 165 beats per minute. So we're going from real fast song, and then we bring it back. 11th hour. That was 11th Hour, second song on the record, but it was actually the last song we recorded. The reason why that song is called The 11th Hour is because it was basically sung when we only had an hour left in the studio when we went to New York to finish it. And we flew on Easter Sunday to go there, me and you. Mm -hmm. We had six days or seven days to finish the record, and that song, song was basically sung at 2 in the morning. And because we had to be out at 6 a.m. the next day, another session coming in, hence the name of the, of the song. We were finishing these songs and turned them into Andy Wallace. Yeah, because he was already starting to mix. And that's what gave Girl What's the Idea? Why don't we just go to New York? Exactly. Because Andy Wallace was like, he's, you know, he was like, a, you know, his schedule's booked out for, you know, a year or whatever. So there was no way to push anything back. So Brett was just like, well, why don't we just give him the songs that we're pretty sure are done, and then we'll just keep recording. Because Jerry Finn had to leave halfway through the recording. And I don't really, you know, Brett Gerwitz doesn't really get a lot of credit for the production on that record, but it wasn't really until Brett Gerwitz stepped in that room is when the, the record started really taking shape I mean, to what it did, is today. He, I pretty much redid everything with 
Brett. Yeah. So yeah. Brett Gerwitz recorded the vocals. Yeah. So the next song we're going to play is Roots Radicals. And that was written about taking the bus everywhere because <laughs> Lars and I didn't drive back then. No, we didn't. I mean, I still don't. But And uh, it was my respected bus, the 43, that drove up Solano Avenue into Berkeley. And your respected bus, mm -hmm. the 60 bus out of downtown Campbell. <laughs> Bensonado was on there a lot of time. <laughs> this is Roots Radical. We're doing the Outcome the Wolves show to celebrate the 20 years of Outcome the Wolves. And this year, Ranch is going to be performing that record from beginning at a handful of festivals, I guess you call it. Yeah. We're doing some gigs. Yeah. Roots Radicals. Took a 60 bus out of downtown Campbell Benzonato He was on there, he was waiting for me While the punk rockers and the moon stompers Were out on the corners where they're sparing for change I started thinking, you know I started tricking I don't really remember too much of that Radicals. 
This is Tim Armstrong, our faction. Tim Time Bomber friends, man. It's like a worldwide musical block party. And you're all invited. That was Time Bomb. More, one of our more obscure tracks. <laughs> <laughs> and the next track in Outcome of the Wolves is Olympia. And what really inspired the song, I just wanted to have a song that I said, Hanging Out with Lars. <laughs> <laughs> That's where it started from. Yeah. It's just that simple. And I was like, all right. Hanging out with Lars. That's got to be in a song for some weird reason. <laughs> I don't really know what that's all about. Because that's all we did, homie. That's what we did, homie. We just hung out all the time. That's all we did. So we did. And then once we said, okay, song's going to be about hanging out with Lars. It was that time when I went out to New York to visit that girl. And you were going to be out there with Stormy, our booking agent. And the girl I went to go see full on, like, I spent the night once and then it was totally dissed. So Tim's like, Come over to my hotel. You can just sleep on the floor. And she had this shitty ass, like guitar. And Tim had his had his acoustic with him. And we went down to the pier by the aircraft carrier down there. Remember there? Mm-hmm. We walked down. We were in we were in New York, and we wrote that song. Basically, we put it on the handheld recorder. Remember? Mm-hmm. It, that's the way it, where it started because that's where we were. We were in New York, and we went to go see on that trip. We went to saw Bikini Kill. Mm-hmm. At the, was it the Continental? That's right. And uh, we got we went we were in the Lower East Side, before it was all yuppified. Mm-hmm. The Puerto Rican dudes were staring at us, calling us El Diablo and shit because yeah. you had your mohawk, and I had like you know the spiky red hair or whatever. And we were kind of we were trying to find the club, and literally like this is what we would do. We would always kind of wander into these sorts of situations. Yeah, you know. And uh, luckily, we got kind of out of that. So the song was really written about us wandering in the situations. <laughs> exactly. You know, because, I mean, we did play fucking pinball up there, you know. 50, we were up there, 52nd and Broadway. That's where the, yeah. the, where we, we were staying. You know, so, I mean, it's all, you know. It's a fun song to play, man. It never gets boring because there's three verses. <clears throat> there's a lot going on. Everyone's got their little bits. And it's a song I look forward to playing to this day. Run the rhythm, Kevin.
All right, that was Lockstep and Gone, and uh, we're gonna talk about Junkie Man. Junkie Man is probably my favorite ever rancid song. For the record, done out. I just wanted to say that. Okay. When you think of Junkie Man, Lars, and I want to say think of it, do you get a visual? Do you see one hundred percent? What color do you see when you play the song? Purple and green. (laughs) 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 Well, no, because I mean, you know, that's such a sad story. You know what I mean? It's like. You know, because we knew guys like that. That's, I mean, every one of our songs has to do with with reality and, and or something we've experienced. So, like, Junkie Man, that was like, you know, how many kids we know went out like that? Water, 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 ideas. Uh, parents' house is on fire. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, that's some real shit. I mean, that that's why it speaks to me. Because, I mean, I know you were there. Yeah. You know, I was there. It's just, it's that's why it rings so much truth alright so this is Junkie Man
Tim, Time Bomb, and Friends. Exclusively on Faction. That was Junkie Man. We're back with Rancid. This is the Outcome of the Wolves show. Outcome of the Wolves is 20 years old. I got a band in the studio. We're talking about it. We're breaking down the songs. Well, Listed MIA is next on the list. You know, personal song. Growing up and being punk and being an outsider and stuff, not feeling like you fit in or whatever, but fighting for your way out, that's kind of what that track is, you know? You know, I just think I go back to that place of, like, getting the fuck out, you know? Because it was, it was, you know, music was, like, the the, the sort of um, the escape, you know? Because you you're living in this fucked up kind of environment, you know what I mean? You don't really realize you're, it's fucked up until you're out of it. You know, I'm checking out, man. I'm checking out of this fucking world, and I'm going to go fucking create my own world. And that's kind of what we do with this band in a lot of ways, you know? Michael Rosen once said one time, Rancid's like a pack of badgers. You attack one of them, you attack them all. And 22 years later, it's still the same fucking way. So go fuck yourself, <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> all right, this is Listen MIA. Mm -hmm. We'll be back after this.
That's Ruby Soho. Ruby Soho was a track that could have been a ska song, but turned out kind of punky. Um, we're singing about reggae. Some of these songs, I felt like they were flirting with ska. They could have gone ska, and it didn't go ska, but it does. It has that kind of like side stick breakdown verse that kind of sounds ska to me, but it's not. Well, I think in that whole way that you <laughs> described that, you named like 10 new Interrupters records. Flirting with Ska. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Kevin just broke down his next 10 yeah. records. I just really, I realized it was like, he said a lot of really cool Ska-isms. <laughs> you know what I mean? The verge of Ska. The verge of Ska. <laughs> Flirting with Ska. You know what I mean? Oh, shit. Loving Ska. Side stick with Ska. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> But you're right, no, seriously. But, I mean, that was always an element of us, though, too. I mean, yeah. we loved all that kind of shit. You know, we, we had a history with all the reggae, the blue beat, the fucking ska, skinhead reggae, fucking, you know, punk and hardcore. Yeah. And I mean, you always, boy and you were wearing like the reggae got sold, shirt you made yeah. yourself during yeah. that time period. Yeah, Toots Maytals, man. I mean, yeah. we loved all that shit. I mean, it, you know, but that for us was our culture and that was our thing. We all came from that place. I mean, you guys are doing it not by me. Fuck, I mean, for Christ's sake and doing your own thing. So, I mean, it was only a natural progression that we were going to go that way anyways because you can't really, like, hide your musical loves. So, I just think that, you know, what we did with it is we made it our own style. Like, The Clash made it their own style. Like, Stiffle Fingers made it their own style. Like, you know, the upstarts, when they attempted the reggae stuff, they made it the fucking own style. You know what I mean? And that's what I think is very important, you know, is that we actually brought our thing to it. You know, it's not, I'm not going to say it was different and unique, but we were more like the two-tone shit than like the original ska. And we were more like rock and roll, but, you know, Roddy, Roddy Radiation was a rock and roller. That's you right. know what I mean? So like, I don't know. To me, it didn't it really seem all that far off to have those sort of influences. Right. So... If Ruby Soho almost went ska, 
this next song there's definitely... a there, that's what I'm trying to say dude like almost went Scott <laughs> you know what I mean that'll be the name of my autobiography yeah almost <laughs> almost went Scott by Kevin Vavona forward by Larry Ferguson yeah the follow up book will be oh hell yes I did go <laughs> full <laughs> Scott <laughs> Yeah. I went full yeah, Scott. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Truth be told, yeah. I went full Scott. Yeah. Um, but Rudy Soho was almost Scott. This next song. <laughs> this next song went full Scott. Yeah. Day City Train. He was an artist and a writer and a poet and a friend. In a man's life, he will take a fall. But how low he goes, it just depends. Yeah, he's shooting dope in the bedroom at the station. Daddy said, hey,
Welcome to Tim Time Bomb and Friends on Sirius XM. What's up, everybody? We're back. This is Tim, and uh, we are here with Rancid. This is going to be Outcome the Wolves. 20-year anniversary show, Side B, going to open up a journey to the end of the East Bay, and you're hearing Matt Freeman's bass line as we speak, and he is here to talk about it after this track. It's Tim Armstrong from Operation Ivy, Rancid, and the Transplants. And this is my show, Tim Timebomb and Friends, exclusively on Faction. We're back. That was Journey to the End of the East Bay, and we're here with Rancid to talk about Alcona Wolves' 20-year anniversary. Matt Freeman, that's one of my favorite bass lines that you've ever put down on wax. Thank you very much. Give us a little insight on the birth of a bass line. I, I don't know. You, I, I think it sort of came around like every like Rance's song or you're playing the chords and you're like like do something here do sort of like some sort of melodic bass intro thing I remember saying 
This song's about the East Bay. Come up with the most East Bay Bay. I mean, I, I throw things out there that don't. Only, only you, I think, understand what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And I try to talk to other bass players this way, and they they get nervous. But you <laughs> you seem to handle my eccentric ideas okay. I think it was I'm, just like a combination of like all kinds of sounds out of Gilman Street and like a bunch of different bands at the time. It's just I don't know. It just sort of came out. Because yeah, the East Bay has a lot of melodic bass players. Yeah, David from Neurosis, Pete Ribbons from Original Crim Shrine, and Dave Chavez from uh, Verbal Abuse. For thank you, Verbal Abuse. Who all those and all those bass players? Code of Honor. Code of Honor. All those bass players were, while well, they still are, extremely impressive. Like you had to sort of bring it if you were a bass player at that time. I mean, yeah. it, it was really. I mean, we're all friends and stuff, but it was, yeah. So I don't know. It was like a combination of all those guys' styles, maybe. I don't know. Got it from somewhere, but that's sort of how it came out. Moving down the record, She's Automatic. The way that she moves, well, I was aroused. Empowered and passion by every move. It's so cold outside, we need a place to hide. Going to the club to buy half of the night. She's automatic, so automatic. The way that she moves, the way that she moves. She's automatic. She's automatic, and uh, we're moving down the line to Old Friend, Ska song. To me, this sounds like this could have been, and it's getting confusing, but we have songs like Ruby Soho that flirted with Ska. (laughs) (laughs) This song could have been an Oi song. Easily. You know, it's got the Oi-ish lead played by Lars Fredrickson. I think a lot of our songs could translate into different fucking things, you know? I mean, and I think... You know, later on, also, we also tried certain songs in different styles just to see if it fucking worked. I mean, look at Evil Is My Friend on the new record. I mean, right. you know, I was kind of written as like a street punker, and then, you know, then it became like a ska thing. And thank God it did, because that's what, you know, it is. But I mean, you know, I think a lot of our songs, you know, have, have ska tendencies.
we said night And we were far from home But you know it's gonna be alright This is Tim Armstrong, our faction. Tim Time Bomber friends, man. It's like a worldwide musical block party. And you're all invited. All right, we're back. We're with Brian Cullen. What's up, Brian? You guys 
guys are uh, getting ready to play an outcome the wolves in its entirety i mean it's got to be a trip for you guys it's been 20 years since you did that record does it bring up a lot of emotions yeah i've cried a lot (laughs) (laughs) yeah there you have it well yeah i mean you know it's funny because when you when you dig in to some of these songs there there's obviously at the time for us when we were making that record you know it was us kind of against the world and we were very insular and still are to this day i should say but i mean you know so to be able to kind of like do these songs you sort of get like the same emotional feeling as you did when you were singing it the first time or playing it the first time or whatever you know you start smelling the smells you know whatever it was just weird shit happens like your your subconscious sort of kicks into overdrive and you're just kind of like fuck i remember when we sat at that little part of the room in the rehearsal studio and and wrote this song you know we were sitting on the floor writing the lyrics out on a on a big sketch pad with a sharpie and i remember the sharpie ran out right there and that lyric you know like just shit like that like the little details that you would never like think that would be sort of in your mind all of a sudden come out and you're just like oh yeah fuck there you go playing it from front to back somewhere around the war's end and the don't care nothing it starts feeling like it's like a concept record like it's a rock opera yeah I can it see does that. it's a, i don't know why it just does it's like i feel like it, it has like a theme to it it comes apparent to me three quarters through it like wow this is kind of like a theme record I'm not saying we go to Broadway with it. Not that. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that it has a certain theme to Bent it. Bette Midler as Lars Fredrickson. <laughs>
All right. We're with Brian Cullen. Cullen's with his kid right now. Can you say rancid? That's awesome. My boy, uh, my boy loves rancid. He rocks his rancid shirt, and he, uh, he digs rancid and not Ivy. He's two. <laughs> that is so cool. Start him young. Awesome. Yeah. So I know you guys, uh, when you recorded uh, Let's Go, I know you guys did that re- entire record uh, in five days. What was it like when you did An Outcome the Wolves? How, how long was the recording process, and what was that, that like? Because we recorded Let's Go in five days, and it was produced by Brett Gurowitz, who moves fast, we thought we could record our new record, An Outcome the Wolves, maybe be lavish and record it in a month. And we had a new- <laughs> And we had young producer Jerry Finn. He never produced anything before. He he'd mixed the Green Day, the big Green Day record. But yeah. and um, we were a month into the record, and Jerry had to move on to the next record, which is Jawbreaker. He 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 put the two records back to back, and the record wasn't done. The vocals were barely even just started. Yeah. And we had a whole record to sing, and we ran out of time. What happened once you guys were out of time, and you still had all these vocals to do? So we we ended up like recording it as we were mixing it sounds like in a way that the chaos sort of helped make the record what it became like it sounds like the fact that you guys were kind of had your back up against the wall sort of actually wound up working for you guys in a weird way that pressure right the pressure i can't even believe we finished it yeah and not to mention the whirlwind of 18 months before that of putting out like the first record then we went on tour and we put out Let's Go, and then we went on tour. And we were touring up until the point that we went into the studio, pretty much, and did Out Come the Wolves. So we were on there for like, you know, it was like this crazy thing for two years. I mean, we were just working constantly. Yeah. So it was just, it never really stopped. Congratulations on a 20-year anniversary, a classic record that um, just is timeless, man. One of my favorite records, and uh, start to finish, I, I don't feel it. There's a bad song on there. It's been really cool to get to talk to you guys about uh, what went into recording it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for making me a part of the show, as always. And uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, the tapes of you guys uh, doing this record. Thanks, Brian. Bye.
That was the way I feel, and this has been the Outcome of the Wolves 20 year anniversary show with Matt, Brandon, Lars, and Kevin, and me. And we'll be back next week. Mm-hmm.